This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Jeff Halley, who is Oanda senior market analyst for Asia Pacific. Good morning from London. Jeff, how are you doing? Good afternoon from Asia, as ever. Wonderful to be here. And shares have made gains today amid talk of more sanctions against Russia. China markets are closed today as it's a holiday, but apparently not in Hong Kong. Why is it Hong Kong is still working today, but not the rest of China? It's a Qingming festival, it's called, and it's uh, where you go and visit your ancestors' graves and and sweep them. And and, and China has a a three-day festival, so actually... Yesterday, today and tomorrow. Taiwan is also off today and I think tomorrow. Hong Kong, for reasons known only to itself, only has a one-day festival. So it's actually only closed tomorrow. Very interesting. And how are markets at the moment? Uh, I mentioned talk of more sanctions against Russia and that has had some impact over oil prices because there will be more worries about tighter supply. But markets generally are up. Uh, Why is that? Yeah, look, uh, it's been a a cautious day in Asia, and part of that is because with the mainland China on holiday, that's muted uh, trading volumes. That's left Asia to really focus on what was a fairly modestly positive close on Friday in the US and a fairly quiet news ticker over the weekend. Now, obviously, we've heard some terrible news and stories from Eastern Europe, but nothing that is necessarily impactful on financial markets if we were to be ghoulish about it. And that's allowed Asia to to post some modest gains. The outperformer really in Asia today is Hong Kong, which was up about 1.5%. And one big piece of news that did come out over the weekend uh, was that uh, China is going to, appears to be going to allow uh, inspections of uh, the audits of China uh, companies that are listed in the US. Now, listeners will know that this has been a big headwind for uh, particularly US, I mean, uh, for, for, for China tech stocks that are listed via ADRs in the, in the US. And there'd been uh, threats of extensive delisting of China stocks in the US because China would not allow uh, US authorities to inspect the quality of the audits that were being done on those companies in the mainland. So that certainly lifted uh, Hong Kong today. That seems to have had a flow-on effect uh, across the rest of Asia. Resources have boosted uh, Australian markets today. They're up about 0.4%. The rest of Asia is sort of either flat to slightly higher, basically, today as US futures have crept a bit higher. And Jeff, we had some decent US non-farm payroll jobs figures on Friday, uh, but there are concerns, aren't there, about the risk of a hard landing for the US economy, because you just have to look at those short-term yields, which have hit three-year highs. Yeah, look, the uh, the US yield curve, and I'm surprised there hasn't been more fallout on this one, and I was equally surprised that uh, equities held up in the face of it, but... uh, U.S. two-year yields rose substantially on uh, on Friday, but actually the, the yield curve is a bit of a hump at the moment, actually. Five-year yields are even higher, and then they drop again into the 10- and 30-year tenors, but there's no uh, doubt about it that the yield curve has moved slightly inverted now. Uh, you know, that is partially because of these very firm employment numbers on Friday, uh, leading to more calls. So the market's now a half a percent at the May, June and July 
Federal Reserve meetings. Uh, the concerns are obviously rising um, in some quarters uh, that, um, that, that the Fed may, having been behind the curve on the way into this uh, situation, they'll be behind the curve on the way out of it, tighten too much and push the economy into a, uh, into a recession. I don't necessarily think that's a, 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 an outcome, a 100% outcome, to be honest, because uh, the manufacturing data was very strong. Uh, PMI data uh, was very strong uh, from the manufacturing side as well from the United States last week. Employment is still strong. Uh, initial jobless claims are still low. Uh, you know, to me, the it's showing relative immunity at the moment to these higher fuel prices. Supply chains are something that seem to be priced in to markets to a certain extent now. Equities are still going up as well. So you know, the real economy seems to be performing quite well, and it could be more just scaremongering in the financial markets. Certainly it's the short end of the curve that has taken the pressure and is seeing interest rates rise, whereas the long end of the curve, uh, you know, your 30 year, 20 years, they've hardly moved in uh, recent days. This is all very important for President Biden, isn't it, though, because he's got his midterm elections he's going to have uh, one eye on. He had that big announcement last week of the release of a million barrels a day, trying to get prices down. When we spoke last week, oil, Brent crude, was around about $111 a barrel. It's down to about 104 now, but it's up slightly, possibly because of those concerns about what we've seen in the Ukraine over the last 48 hours, those awful uh, images that we've seen in the possibility of more sanctions. Difficult to tell, isn't it, where oil is going to go in the next few days? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what we can assume is that it will be very volatile. And uh, that's what I said at the start of the year, V for volatility. And volatility would be the winner in 2022, even before this uh, war in the Ukraine. Certainly, it looks like the EU, if we're looking at the press headlines today, have agreed to, uh, to, to ratchet up sanctions on Russia uh, over the events that have uh, come to light over the, the weekend. Now, whether that includes energy or not, I'm pretty doubtful, to be honest, because uh, the, the horrible fact of life is, is that R Russian energy cannot just be magically re replaced by Europe at the, at the click of a finger. It could be sanctions elsewhere, but that news itself and even the um, possibility that they could be ratcheting up sanctions, including Russian energy, has been enough to lift oil prices by about 1% over the last hour or so in Asian trading. And as far as Asia is concerned, you're Asia-Pacific, of course. We saw that recent spike in coronavirus cases, uh, a big concern because they've had more lockdowns. What's the outlook at the moment? Are things settling down and uh, people being a bit more optimistic about what lies ahead? Well, certainly in Southeast Asia, uh, life is returning very quickly uh, to normal, uh, to be honest. And over in Jakarta or Indonesia, for example, cases are down to less than 3,000 a day. And that's a country of 270 million people. Uh, I, I think the big concern as far as COVID-19 goes right now is China. Now, China has the zero COVID policy. Over the weekend, uh, Shanghai's entire population was put into an extended lockdown, so that's 26 million people, and they're sending the army and all sorts of other uh, human resources uh, to uh, Shanghai to test the entire population uh, to try and get on top of it. I think because of the zero COVID policy that uh, China has, 
the risk here is that although we know that they have this policy, so it's sort of unknown, unknown, if you like, it's if these COVID restrictions spread to other large urban or manufacturing cities, and particularly the ports, and then those restrictions stay in place for a long time. Now, that would definitely be yet another supply chain challenge that would definitely change the outlook for both China growth and uh, also world growth if, if they didn't have enough things to deal with at the moment. But also uh, one positive that may come out of it, uh, rather ironically, would be that it would probably be bearish for oil. It would likely push oil prices back down, perhaps Brent below $100 uh, if there were extended lockdowns, although that would probably be the, world, the least of the world's problems at that stage. So there's always winners and losers from these sorts of things in the markets and perversely uh, oil, oil consumers could do better out of a slowdown in China because of COVID. Plenty of countries on holiday over the next uh, day or two, Jeff. Uh, we've got some time to wait here and in, uh, in the UK for the uh, the big Easter break coming up in uh, around about 10 days or so. Uh, but what, what should we look out for over the next week? Yeah, the data calendar is a little bit quieter this week, but I think the main things to be watching out for here will be the services PMIs from both China on Wednesday and also from around uh, Europe and also the United States in the early part of this week. We'll get our first proper indications as to whether uh, this uh, Ukrainian conflict is really starting to negatively impact on consumer sentiment. Additionally, uh, we'll have uh, German uh, trade data and also industrial production. And again, for the same reasons, that will be very closely watched. And it could well uh, weigh on European stock markets uh, as well if it's very weak. In Asia Pacific, the highlight this week will be the Reserve Bank of Australia's policy decision tomorrow morning. Uh, And it's not so much whether they leave rates unchanged at 0.1%, which is a record low. Uh, The RBA have been ultra dovish in their outlook and they've kept up that rhetoric into March 2022. The real danger here is is that they change the direction of that guidance and they move from being ultra dovish to saying that they may need to start the process of normalising rates. What's going to happen then? I suspect that we're going to see the Australian dollar move a lot higher. It's been very strong of late anyway, but it will be a headwind for Australian equities in the short term. Okay, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. A pleasure. This is the Oanda Podcast.